Yeah, that's the thing. You know, you have baby showers. Mm, where's the like dog that. showers at? Yeah, we have a dog. So, how is Gia? She is wonderful. Where is she? My mum's like, she's under the stairs. And he went and got her out of the box. Sounds like the start of a horror film. Gia, keep it down. I'm trying to record a podcast. Alright, love. What'll it be? Before we get started, if you hear my girlfriend Hannah shouting in the background, Gia, down! It's because we have a dog. (laughs) What a perfect entrance to a wholesome contented episode. (laughs) Look at us finally figuring out how to start a podcast. (laughs) Straight off the bat. So, how is Gia? She is wonderful. She is a collie crossed with an Australian shepherd. Oh, exotic pup. Mm. But yeah, she's a lovely dog. She's a rescue. We went through a company called A New Leash for Life, which is an absolutely cracking name. And by the time this episode comes out, she'll only have been in this country for like about three weeks. That's crazy. I know. That is Absolutely mad. And and she's quite, she's a happy little bean, isn't she? She is. She is absolutely, oh, I'm in love. It's uh, She's already appeared on our Instagram because I found whilst trying to edit, it was very difficult because there's a, there's, there's a dog. And it's, like, <laughs> it's even harder when I'm trying to work in my normal job job because I'm working from home and she's only been with us, well, like barely, not even a week yet because um, she went from rescue to a foster home and then we adopted her she can't we're not having her upstairs although we did trial it out of having her in the office with me and she didn't really like it and we're not wanting to leave it on her own in the living room just yet because there's a lot of furniture that can get chewed (laughs) and stuff like that so i'm sitting downstairs when hannah's at work and it's just so hard to do work because there's a dog there (laughs) and you're just a little floofy dog i didn't realize you were as much of a dog person as you are until um, fairly recently, Dave and I had an encounter with a child over Zoom. God, that sounds peculiar. Um, and a dog. And Dave was far more fussed about the dog than he was said baby. So he's got himself a little fur baby. I know. It's so cute. She's lovely. She's absolutely lovely. Adorable dog. Very well behaved and just full of love. And so sweet. Am I right in thinking you've set up an Instagram page for her? I haven't, Hannah, set up an Instagram for her. I literally had a notification moments before (laughs) this saying, uh, Gia the Collie (laughs) follows others you know, you may know her or something. (laughs) As soon as we got her home when we went to pick her up, I think it was within the hour that Hannah had set up an Instagram for her. (laughs) So if you search for Gia the Collie X on Instagram... Go, go give her a follow. There's lots of photos and videos of her just being, mostly at the minute, looking at it, it's just her lying in different places in the house. She's, <laughs> she's not quite figured out pillows just yet. She'll often lie next to them uh, or she'll kind of lie on top of her bed and then sometimes she'll just jump up on an armchair. Basically, it's an Instagram of just a dog lying in places. 
<laughs> I'm taking podcast auntie responsibilities here. <laughs> I was thinking this, right? This is a really strange thing to think, but then we all, if, if you've listened to many of these episodes, then you know that my brain doesn't perhaps work like a regular person's. Um, I was sort of like, do I send them something? You can't really buy a baby grow for a dog. Well, I mean, I'm sure you can, but like, <laughs> how do you congratulate somebody on buying a dog? Do you? Is that the thing you do? Like, I, I don't know. So, yeah, you got nothing. Um, I thought about maybe some dog <laughs> treats, but was kind of like, oh, she might have a dippy belly or something. She's not been in the country long after all. She might not be used to the water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. that's the thing. You know, you have baby showers. Mm, and where's stuff the like dog that. showers at? <laughs> yeah. Why not a dog shower? I think we should start this up. <laughs> Love it. Love it. That's so funny. Going to business, setting up yeah. dog showers. Oh, wow. Dave, young, dumb, and living off mum gal is. is I tell you what, that. though, I did think of an idea for a business that we could use with this dog in particular because she's a really sweet dog she's good when you take her out for walks but one of the interesting things unlike most dogs she doesn't go to the loo when she's out on the lead so you don't have that awkward you know situation of a dog in one hand and a bag of poo in the other what else i've noticed is she's very friendly with other people like literally when i was taking her for a walk today if she sees someone she'll just stop and sit down and right in front of that person and then they have to stroke her so i thought she's the perfect dog if you're single because you don't you can meet you easily meet people with this dog you don't have to have a bag of shit in your hand to ruin the atmosphere so maybe we should like hire her out to eligible bachelors i bet we'd like create loads of matchmaking opportunities more so than tinder and i mean who doesn't want to take a little dog for a walk to I don't know, get dating. Although it gets a bit awkward, doesn't it, when you say you actually, it goes somewhere with the person you have found yeah. on your walk and they're like, I love dogs, where's your dog? And you're like, oh, I just rented her for the day because uh, <laughs> she's good for picking up ladies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, there's a flaw. Unless you unless you lie and say, oh, I'm walking her for my elderly neighbour. Oh, ah, good, good. Look, if you've be- already thought about it, you'll be the backstory. They'll be ringing you up and you'll be like, <laughs> hello there. Yes, I'm his neighbour. <laughs> There we go. So it means that, you know, we can put our acting skills to use. We'll create the backstory. I've got the writing experience. We'll create the backstory for it. We can hire some other writers to come up with ideas for characters. Perfect. There we go. It's just, I just realise it sounds like I'm pimping out my dog. I'm not. I'm not. This is a genuine. It's not a genuine idea, I promise. Uh, hilarious. Although there is a thing, isn't there? And I mean, I don't think it's spoken about that much, but. I'm pretty sure people have been known to, like, take out their mate's toddler and stuff because, like, women say, I'm I'm talking in heterosexual couples, women will be Mm. like, oh, isn't he sweet? And so you you reel in the ladies that way. Um, (laughs) So I've heard, not that I've done that myself, but, you know, (laughs) I always find if I'm ever anywhere with Bowman, I mean, I'm 23, he is 20 months old. Um, I was about to say he was 20. I was like... (laughs) I always I never know what to say with the age thing with a baby because people do talk in months and other people think oh god now I've got to do the maths how many months is 20 um in years (laughs) um so anyway whenever I am with him and we're out in public on our own I always feel Mm. like 
underage you can't be an underage mum at 23 i don't know i feel like i look like a young mum but i probably don't i have um delusions of youth (laughs) 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 i I think of myself as about 15 (laughs) and everybody else is like oh yeah look at her she's just normal but i'm like oh look at me hee hee young mum no scarlet you look your age, I'm afraid to tell you. Those four line, four lines, those four headlines are fooling no one. She's going senile too. She can't get her words out either. Those four lines, <laughs> darling. Girl. Four lines. Lucky I didn't say that foreskin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. Like what, she... what a time to take a sip. Can you be a woman with a foreskin? No, you have got to have a penis to have a foreskin, haven't you? Let's move on. Let's yeah, why? On we, right we're now. talking about dogs. What the fuck? What? Well, pets. When we try and start the episode like a professional podcast <laughs> would, we derail so quickly. Oh, uh, yeah. This is a wholesome. This is a wholesome episode about dogs and animals and how dogs are the best. And but why change the habit of a lifetime after all? Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's it. This is what the people come here for, David. Their minds are in the gutter, just like ours. Otherwise, they didn't stick around. <laughs> <laughs> I have I thought about when you said um oh about walking along and Gia not wanting to poo in public. Mm. The closest I have ever had to having a dog um is Liam's dog, Saucy. Her name is she's a little Cavachon, which is a mix between a Bichon Frise and a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. Um and she has a Fancy. very sensitive stomach. I see. Very um <laughs> she's got bad teeth as well god i am selling this breed um <laughs> <laughs> she'd had some broccoli apparently that that helps to like brush their teeth as they're chewing it and stuff mm. um she'd had some broccoli the night before anyway i came home from having bowman and she was stood at the door barking her head off and Liam and his mum were both working from home and they were getting most frustrated with the fact that she just wouldn't shut up so I was like I think she probably needs to poo like I'll put her on a lead and take her for a walk now and they were like oh thank you because obviously they were trying to I don't know look professional in their meetings and they're saucy (laughs) in the background like um so anyway i took on this walk and i took three poo bags which i thought would be more than enough oh no 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 this girl was <sighs> dripping out her ass and oh i God. it got to the point where i was like i feel sorry for you because your ring must sting like <laughs> this poor dog she was like bent over in the poo position poo lava was falling out of her and i just thought this how the hell do you pick that up how do you pick it up there's me like sort of wafting the bag and thinking how do I get this off of the pavement what are you supposed to do and I wouldn't want to leave it there because I mean (laughs) what if a little kid comes over and falls over and gets poo in their eyes and get toxicara and go blind and I can't be responsible for that I don't need that karma wow (laughs) so I hope Gia never gets the shits but if she ever (laughs) does then do hit me up with information on how to pick up poo puddles because I haven't mastered it yet perhaps I should have taken a trowel who knows but (laughs) Email your suggestions to actorspodcast at outlook.com. So you are, oh, I'll get it. This would be controversial for all the cat people listeners out there. Can you call them cat people? Is that? What's wrong with saying cat people? You said it like it's a controversial, controversial saying. (laughs) Do you mean like, because were you worried that you were referring to them as like crazy cat people? (laughs) If you put crazy in front of it, then yeah, maybe that's a bit offensive. Crazy cat ladies. Cat people's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Some people aspire to be crazy cat ladies. 
there must be crazy cat men as well. Oh, 100%. Although I can't say I know one. Or crazy cat people. You know, don't mm. assume the gender of someone who's crazy with a cat. <laughs> I don't know that they're crazy with a cat. This is getting weird. <laughs> anyway, what were you saying? <laughs> that bit might be cut. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was just thinking, like, people refer to them as themselves as a cat person or a dog person. Yeah. Depending on what they prefer, I suppose, or what they've had pets throughout their lives. I like both animals, but I wouldn't really want a cat because, I don't know, they're just a bit up their own asses, really, and just kind of swanning <laughs> in and out of the house and stuff. Dogs love you unconditionally and cats just like, Meh, whatever. And they go wandering off all the fucking time. It's like, oh, OK, whereas a dog is so devoted to you. David needs love, care and affection. Yeah. <laughs> and a cat would not provide. Do you know, I don't know if this is true. Don't don't quote me on it, anyone, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, apparently, <laughs> apparently, if you were to die in your house and you had a cat, it would eat your eyeballs first oh. and then consume the rest of your remains. Whereas a dog would lay down beside you and die. No, oh, that's really horrible. I'm sure there's some. Lo- <laughs> I'm sure there's some loyal cats out there, but they're pretty like isolated creatures, aren't they? I think. Yeah. Just independent. They don't need you like a dog needs you. They'll go off to another house and and get food from them if if needs must, because people like cats. Another drink for your love. This podcast is sponsored by WeAudition.com. WeAudition.com is a revolutionary website with loads of fantastic and useful resources for all you wonderful actors out there. On WeAudition, you can find a rehearsal or self-tape partner instantly, audition and take general meetings on video chat, get career advice from a wide range of industry professionals, and you can even earn money for rehearsing with other actors. So for all the listeners of Two Actors Walk Into a Bar, we've got a cheeky little voucher for you. Everybody loves a voucher, don't they? It's 25% off a pro membership. Two Actors, 25. T-W-O-A-C-T-O-R-S, 25. Shazam! My my brother had a cat. Um, So Sarah, that was the name of the cat, she... She passed away when I was a little baby. I don't really know why my parents ever bought my brother a cat, because... When mm. he was about three or four, they had a lodger who had a cat and bought the cat okay. with him. The, the cat was called Skunky. Jordan, at the tender age of three or four, stood in the garden with Skunky. This is so wrong. Grabbed hold of the cat's tail. Oh, God. And basically tried to fling it at the tree and went, look, mum, Velcro. Because obviously cats grab onto trees and it stuck, <laughs> was his thinking. But Jordan redeemed himself presumably, um, because he absolutely loved his cat, Sarah. It was very sweet, really, because, oh, God, this is horrible. She died, or she had to be put down. She had a tumour in her tummy. Um, And my mum was heartbroken as well. Took her to the vets to say goodbye. Oh, God. Um, And uh, bought her home in the box. She was wrapped in an expensive Marks and Spencers towel. Well, you know, the cat gets the right amount of treatment. Don't want some (laughs) shitty... You know, flaky towel from Tesco or something. I mean, Christ, do you get proper exquisite material from Marks and Spencer's? <laughs> Bougie cat dyeing towels. Um, <laughs> so anyway, the cat was wrapped in the towel and was in a box, having been put down. My mum decided to put said box underneath the stairs, which is where the boiler is. What? Oh, God. So <laughs> my brother came home <laughs> oh. from school that night. Hmm. 
What are we having for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> Broken hearted. And, and was like, yeah. where is she? My mum's like, she's under the stairs. And he went and got her out of the box. This sounds like the start of a horror film. Dead. Um, I don't know why he felt the need to clarify that. I'm sure you're all aware. Is this the fourth Pet cemetery film or something? <laughs> he then got her out and was cuddling her and saying she was still warm and trying to convince my mum that she was still alive oh, because my mum had left her no. next to the fucking boiler. <laughs> and then my mum had rung my dad and been like, you need to get, could you get home at a reasonable time tonight? Because we need to have a funeral for Sarah. Um oh my god so we need to do it in daylight and i need you to like dig the hole so my dad turned up at nine o'clock at night (laughs) in the winter and he'd bought a floodlight with him from work (laughs) and they all stood in the garden while he dug a hole for the cat they buried the cat jordan said some words um and I'm sure the rest of the fucking street must have thought that my dad was burying my mum by the bloody great floodlight. <laughs> that ceremony sounds more dignified than what happened to the only two pets I had when I was a kid, which was two fish. Mm. I might get corrected when my parents inevitably listened to this, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure when my two fish died that my dad just threw them in the bin. At oh. least that's what I think I was told. Maybe he just said that to take the piss. I don't know. That's really painting him in a bad light. He's going to be, this will be the time when his ears prick up and he's like, what? <laughs> I don't know. Mum, dad, text me and tell me what happened to James and Sarah, our two goldfish. What's what, the thing really? with Sarah? I don't know. What a really unimaginative name for a pet. You can call a pet anything. Mm. And I called my goldfish James and Sarah. I don't know why. I mean, they're more like children. Like, I could imagine you calling your child James or Sarah rather than your cat, but maybe... You well, one just... of my best mates is called James, so he'd be very happy if I called my child James. <laughs> I've just been hearing, apparently Gia's just had a funny five minutes downstairs, which usually means she's throwing her toys everywhere and running around the living room. But our living room, you can't really run around it, so she has to jump over the sofas to do that. Have you ever wanted a dog? Yeah, I always said that, or me and Liam always said, we, we've, I mean, we've been together since we were 14, as you're aware, but if anybody hadn't gathered that, then there you go. Um, Imagine that. I've never heard of that, like, <laughs> since my grandparents. My grandparents met when they were 11 at school and they stayed together. It's just absolute nuts. Like, I've not known anyone else that have met as teenagers, got into a relationship and stayed that way. Mm, you're like, we are. you and Liam are like one in a million. <laughs> <laughs> what is it um my friend sarah god what's with the sarahs tonight <laughs> a very warm feline kind of woman <laughs> um, my friend sarah always says that we're womb to tomb <laughs> what <laughs> womb to tomb yeah she's like they've been together since the womb it's just her so womb to tomb is the idea that we were born together but that makes it incest and we die together Made it sound weird. Very I was trying. Right. Okay. So once again, I've started this quite wholesome, being like, "Wow, this is amazing. You've been together since you were fourteen. You've just brought up incest. Come on, Scarlett. This is meant to be our wholesome episode." <laughs> Dave's the straight man. You should have all gathered by now. I'm the kooky weird one, <laughs> and I encourage it out of him also. But yeah, yeah, he he tries to play it cool for the sake of all of you. Anyway, so you and Liam have been together a long time and might get a dog or a cat. Yeah, we thought, we, we definitely thought about, we've, we've 
talked about dogs. Um, I mm. wanted a black dog of some description. I think I'd visualised myself with some sort of spaniel. I wanted to call it Soul, but that is a weird pipe dream. And to be honest, we'd have to have different career choices probably if we wanted to have a dog. Because I don't know that we could devote the time to it. And we're pretty... I wouldn't say we're not selfish people. <laughs> but I think we like our we like each other's too, company too much to share. So the stress of having <laughs> to decide who was going to walk the dog and stuff. I think I'd want to do it all together. Whereas obviously he works late and stuff and has to do plenty of overtime so that probably wouldn't work but maybe if we had if we had children it would be the appropriate time then to have a dog i think yeah but that's just a i mean at the moment we're still living in our fucking childhood bedroom so <laughs> <laughs> these are these are dreams for way 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 in the future see i always thought i always wanted a dog but i too thought it was a bit of a pipe dream Mm. Um, and when Hannah and I got together, because she's grown up with dogs and her parents have a dog currently as well. And like we spoke about it, but it was always that kind of thing of, oh, way off in the future when we can afford to buy our own house, which, you know, given the current market, it'll probably be when we're dead. Ha ha ha. Topical humour. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it ended up becoming a bit of a reality because um, Hannah's got fibromyalgia and she was talking to her rheumatologist and a rheumatologist said the best thing for you is a dog in terms of like you know beneficial for your physical health and your mental health having a dog to focus on getting you up in the mornings to go out and walk it and exercise Mm. it's what you need and then obviously lockdown happened and uh, we were stuck at home most of the time and so Hannah just ended up asking our landlady could we get a pet could we get a dog if we wanted and she said yes and suddenly it was like Oh shit, we can get a dog. <laughs> oh, that's lovely though. And and so good that I don't know, it's it's a really sort of sweet exchange in that yeah. she brings something to Hannah's life that Hannah mm. needs and and you've brought her life all together by by rescuing her, adopting yeah. and not shopping. Yeah, what didn't you say before we started recording there was that hashtag mm. adopt, is it adopt not shop? Yeah, cuz obviously um I think there's been a few things in the media in recent months especially because of lockdown, not only the price of dogs but the the rate of sale of dogs has gone absolutely mm. through the roof. And yeah. I mean we're all familiar with the saying that a dog isn't just for Christmas. I'm sure our parents have all shouted that at us once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> um but it's true. It really is true, and and there are plenty of dogs out there available to rescue that need a home. Yeah. Rather than there are designer dogs out there being bred, they cost a pretty penny too, and they're not being bred properly, and it's they're in ill health from the moment they're born. And I just, I personally don't think that's right. Um, no. So if if you can adopt, and and David is living proof that there are some really lovely dogs out there that need a home. So yeah. I think if, you, if you're if you in that situation, that's definitely something people should be encouraged to consider. I think the new phrase, because you said about, you know, not just for Christmas type thing. The new phrase that's going around now is a dog is for life, not just for lockdown. Oh, of course. I know yeah. a lot of people in lockdown are thinking, let's get a dog. The company that we went through or the organization we went through to get Gia we were talking to the owner of this organization and she said there's lots of people that you know say oh we're interested in this dog and in this dog and 
in terms of like their rescue dogs, they're in foster care, but mm. they don't want them to be in foster care for too long. Otherwise they get settled and yeah. that's not really what it's about. It's mostly like kind of like a, I guess, a halfway house type thing, mm. I, I guess is, the, is one way of putting it. But there are lots of people that are like, yeah, we'll go, we'll, we'll see this dog. And then they meet them and like, oh, actually, we don't know if we're ready for a dog yet. It's like, come the fuck on, guys. You're just wasting time. It's just for a fucking day out. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, let's just go. wasting time. If you want to go and see animals and touch them, then go to a fucking petting zoo, not round to people's houses to mm. get the dogs excited that, I don't know, there's a future for them. It's just, that's, that's so wrong. Well, we moved very quickly with Gia because originally my thought was we'll go and visit her, take her out for a little walk and then maybe do a second visit and then go from there. Mm. And we ended up meeting her because she was out with a load of other dogs at the time and we we got to meet her and stuff. And then Hannah just turned to me and said, I want to get her today. And I was like, are you sure? Should we maybe? We, we had all the stuff. We had mm. all the like stuff for um like a dog bed and all the food and everything and uh, because we were originally going to adopt another dog, but sadly that fell through for various reasons. Um, so we were prepared and I was kind of being cautious and Hannah just said, trust me, we need to get her today. And so we went home, sorted out the house and everything, got everything um, doubly ready and then went to pick Gia up that evening from her foster home. And she was so happy to see her. She was jumping up on Aww. us and everything. And I was just like, okay, yeah. Yeah. Hannah was Hannah's instincts were right on this one. Oh. Don't tell don't tell Hannah I said this, but she was right. <laughs> I'm admitting that don't any anyone listening. My girlfriend was right. Keep that between us, all right? <laughs> don't don't tell her, okay? <laughs> I'll be buying you mugs. <laughs> Mr. Right and Mrs. Always Right. <laughs> I say Was I... that her barking or was that Hannah just making noises at her? <laughs> Two seconds. Okay, yeah. Anne? Yeah. Did you just bark? I'm just being attacked by our dogs. In what way are you being attacked? I'm fine. You can tell me in the back five minutes. Okay. I just got clotheslined by our dog. I don't know if you heard that, but Hannah just got clotheslined by our dog. She's lovely, <laughs> but she's also quite hyper. Gia. Gia, keep it down. I'm trying to record a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Gia's now calm because I told her to be. <laughs> but yeah, apart from having a few funny five minutes where she runs around the living room and occasionally accidentally kicks Hannah in the face while doing it, <laughs> she's absolutely lovely. Another realm for your love. Saxons at Sutton Hoo, green children in Woolpit, smugglers at Sizewell, and Ed Sheeran by the Castle on the Hill. Suffolk is full of fascinating stuff, and I'm here to deep dive into it all. Join me, Emily Slade, and my guests every Friday as I look into the different areas of the county by the sea. From film to folklore, history to Haverhill, there's definitely something about Suffolk. I read earlier on that there was an animal rights campaign during the time that 101 Dalmatians was shot and then released I suppose after seeing a huge rise of the breed in animal shelters so it was either that the film made them undesirable dogs to have or that because the film made them so popular people were just getting them because they were 
a novelty. Well, they just worried that Glenn Close was going to come round and make <laughs> exactly. them all coats and stuff. And they're like, quick, get the Dalmatians. <laughs> Cruella de Vil turn up at our door. We've got to get rid. I have to say, like, slightly off topic, but I remember seeing the live action remake of 101 Dalmatians with my parents. And I, oh, how old must I have been? I must have been like five six maybe i don't know this is when Mm. it's revealed that i was actually 10 but i don't know (laughs) and i just remember and this was in like this was back when cinemas were just like overwhelming in like terms of how big they were and how loud and everything Mm. and um i just remember having to sit on my mum's lap because glenn close's portrayal of cruella Deville scared the shit out of me (laughs) so much Oh, so much so that whenever I see Glenn Close in something, I just kind of get whew, a little little shiver. <laughs> she still haunts me a little bit. Oh, what's that? There's that saying that goes round, isn't there? Never work with children or animals. And like, I can understand children because you know, God, they're fucking annoying. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I love kids. They're they're great and everything. But like, I guess with animals more stuff can go wrong i mean you've got to have seen a panto where they get an actual pony on it and it takes shit on the stage i think i've seen that twice Re- really yeah i've only ever seen panto where it's like you know two people in a costume unless 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 that's what you've seen and you're and you know the back end just had a bit of a dicky tummy and shams on stage no, it's definitely, I'm sure, well, I think I've seen it shit once. That'd be pretty bad luck, wouldn't it? Two lots of pantos where they've got live horses on stage and they both take a poop. Um, no, it was, <laughs> it was like a joke about, I think Buttons was quite sort of short and stocky. And yeah. so he brought on his horse, which was right. a little Shetland pony, which then proceeded to take a dump on stage. <laughs> And they're all like, oh, no, we've been through 30-odd shows and he's not done this. And <laughs> here's a big lump of steaming turd. Um, Brilliant. Yeah, you can imagine what all the people in the front row were like. Who thought that was a good idea? <laughs> Do you know, I've just, right, I read this earlier on, um, and it's a bit random change of subject, but I think it's a little gem of knowledge that we all need to have. During the making of Jurassic Park... Mm. You know they uh, weren't real dinosaurs, right? No, no, no. <laughs> the, the sounds for the velociraptors was apparently yeah. the noise of tortoises having sex. <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. Like, what the fuck? Who, who actually? And I always think this about who found out that cows could milk. What the fuck were they doing to that cow? <laughs> um, who the fuck was watching tortoises or listening to tortoises fucking and decided? I know that's. That must be what a Velociraptor sounds like. We'll use it for the film. Get me Spielberg on the phone. (laughs) Anyway, have you seen anything with a a live animal in? I'm thinking I did maybe see a Wizard of Oz that did have a real dog or maybe it was a puppet. But my childhood imagination believed that it was a real little doggy. I don't know. Um, I was asking Hannah about this and one of her friends at drama school was an understudy in the harry potter play the cursed child oh wow okay and apparently they intend the producers intended or the directors intended to use real owls and then apparently after a few days they scrapped (laughs) that idea so i'm just assuming there were just owls flying around the theater shitting everywhere (laughs) and trying to poke out (laughs) harry's sons in the eye or something i don't know (laughs) did they used they did use real owls in the 
in the Harry Potter films, didn't they? But I think there was... Yeah, it's kind of a um, mixture of owls and CGI. I think if you need an owl to do something very specific, like, mm. I don't know, fly in front of a wizard's beam and get killed, spoiler alert, they probably use CGI. Mm. But I guess if you use a mixture of real animals and CGI, it kind of means that the special effects team has to work harder to, you know, trick the audience into thinking they're watching the same thing the whole time and there's not like a yeah, real difference. True. The trained owls used in Harry Potter, they'd like got props together and stuff for them to carry in their letters, but they found that they had to change the weight of the letters or something Mm. like overnight because it just wasn't possible that the owls could carry the letters they had prepared. Weird random nugget of information just stored away somewhere in the back of Scarlet's little tiny (laughs) pea brain. I'm not even a very big Harry Potter fan. (gasps) Oh dear, you've just admitted that. <laughs> I don't mind it, I'll watch it. And what about reading it? Oh yeah, I think I read The Philosopher's Stone and that was it. Sorcerer's Stone for our American audiences. Why change it? Just call it Philosopher, is that too difficult? I don't know. Just have to be different. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I was the generation that kind of grew up with those books. I was mm, kind of a similar yeah. age to the lead characters i guess i remember my brother i was really into it when it was when i was young um when the first one came out in film i don't know what year that would have been whatever year it was i loved it i wanted to be harry potter i don't think jk rowling would have liked that all topic got you jk rowling got you Oh, she's she's a bitch. Fuck J.K. Rowling. She's just kind of <laughs> fucked herself over. I think we're all kind of dissociating the Harry Potter stuff from her. It's it, it, yeah, no. Oh, God, that's 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 my view on J.K. Rowling. We're covering all the topics. Yeah, this week. we said this would be wholesome animal content, and uh, <laughs> and here you are calling out that transphobe bitch. Why has no? I don't think anyone's called transphobe bitch. That's brilliant. Everyone obviously <laughs> uses the phrase turf. No, transphobic. That's fucking genius. <laughs> I love that. That's brilliant. <laughs> transphobic. Brilliant. That's fucking genius. After the same again, lovies. These days, a lot of things, are, it's all CGI. Like there's that weird Harrison yeah. Ford dog movie where it's a guy in a motion capture suit pretending to be a dog. That sounds fucking weird. Yeah. Um, you've lost me at it not being Molly and me. It's, it's a real film. It's not a fever dream. <laughs> Just Google Harrison Ford dog movie. You've been lucid dreaming about Harrison Ford being a furry. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But what's the other? There's another film about on Disney Plus about some gorilla called Ivan or something and that's all CGI and just looks a bit shit and yeah I know it's easier to CGI gorilla than train one to hug Brian Cranston but I think some people are completely against animals being used though aren't they like as a cruelty thing because I suppose to some extent the spectacle of it makes it they obviously are treated a lot better than yeah. circus animals oh, but yeah, I think yeah, yeah. people think it's reminiscent of that and so just write it off altogether and think that it's wrong i don't think massive motion pictures and stuff it's it's there's too much budget and money pumped into it and too many famous faces on it for them to cut any corners with the health and well-being of the animals used have you ever heard of any films that have used real lions and tigers interacting with humans 
Oh, I feel like this is a trick question. It's not a trick question. Nothing other than the Joe Exotic documentaries. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, those tigers weren't actors. They were actually... Well, I mean, they were. They were real... Well, they could have been actors. I don't know. (laughs) They were being paid in zookeeper's arms. They were being paid in pieces of Carol Baskin's husband. Uh, Thank you. Good night, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Carol Baskin killed her husband, whacked whacked him. I swear that was like literally the theme tune to my life for about four months into lockdown. (laughs) Sorry, carry on. Have you ever heard of the film Raw? I don't think I have. Only the kids TV programme. Not to be confused with the film Raw, spelled R-A-W, which is like a lesbian cannibal vampire film. I've not seen it. Oh, wow. What are you into? (laughs) And it's French as well, so that explains everything. But like, there's this film. I, it's one of these films that I'm. I remember seeing like on a various drunken night at college or something, and it's kind of just stuck with me. And it's absolutely fascinating. It's written, produced, and directed by a guy called Noel Marshall, and um, well. The best, you know, when you know you you see a film and they've got that note to say no animals were harmed in the making of this production. Well, in the case of Raw, mm. no animals were harmed. As for the humans, are they still alive, or is it just scratches and? Bites? Well, it's it's quite an old film, so some people are dead, but it's not because of this film. But a lot of them, oh, okay. some some people did need um surgery. And uh, various things because of this film. A naturalist living with big cats in East Africa expects a visit by his family of four from Chicago. A mix-up leaves him searching for his family who have been left in the clutches of wild lions. Basically, this film's directed by Noel Marshall, who, is the husband, who was the husband of Tippi Hedren. Tippi Hedren, a lot of people might remember that name. She was the lead actress in the Alfred Hitchcock film is it the birds or just birds? Yeah, I think it's the birds. So she's gone from, you know, having quite an a- abusive time, having Alfred Hitchcock throwing real birds at her, to working in a film, <laughs> working on a film with her husband uh, th- th- that meant that they were filming with real life tigers, lions, cheetahs. I think there's an elephant in there as well. This family were living in this house. Obviously, the film's set in Africa, but I think it was set, I think it was filmed somewhere in America. And they're actually living in a house that is, I'm not even joking, wall to wall full with actual big cats, lions and tigers just clambering on top of each other. And this lunatic, Noel Marshall, (laughs) thought he could make a film using real big cats in it. Now, bear in mind, they're not wild, wild big cats they're not just pulled from the savannah or pulled from the jungle or anything they're like um Mm. cats that have been taken from the circus or from zoos and stuff like that so they're not wild but they're not 100 percent tame either and when you shove all these animals into an enclosed space like they had a script and they had like a plan of how this film would go but there's big cats in just just in the house and all around and so there's bits where they're trying to do a scene but suddenly a tiger appears. Like there's a scene where there's loads of them sat in boats oh, and there's like a load of exposition and a tiger just swims up, jumps on the boat and it capsizes. Oh my God. And it's all, it's real. 
It stars his real-life wife, Tippi Hedren, who I just mentioned, and their daughter, Melanie Griffith. Now, Melanie Griffith, there's a scene where she had to have, like, surgery on her head because there's a scene where a, a lion is just on top of her and just thinks... Hey, this looks like a nice chew toy. And it's on film. Oh there's just a God. scene in the film and there's a lion on top of poor Melanie Griffith just gnawing away at her head. What the fuck? Honestly, it's... What the fuck? There is no amount of money I could be offered <clears throat> to let a lion do that. Because what work are you going to get afterwards when you look like a fucking mangled chew toy? Yeah, it's just absolutely... Uh, uh, it's just nuts. It's not a big house either. It's like a small log cabin and there's just big cats everywhere. And this guy's just running through them and hugging them and stuff. And these cats are fucking pouring at him, batting him, biting him, stuff like that. There's a scene with an elephant and you think, oh, okay, this will be nice and calm and nice herbivore type creature. No, the elephant fucks shit up as well. There's bits where the, like, the lions oh and tigers are fighting. And so Noel Marshall gets in between them like, hey, calm it down, guys. What are you telling <laughs> lions and tigers to calm it down? Oh, oh my God. I'm not being funny. I one of my friends, they're cats now, but they were. She's had them since they were mm. kittens, like. And she was taking a nap on her sofa about a year ago, yeah. um, and the cat didn't realise she was there and hopped up on her face, and she looked like she'd been scarred for Oof. life. Your regular pet cat. What the fuck would you look <laughs> like after you had filmed? <laughs> For God knows how many weeks with fucking wild big cats. Not, not weeks. Uh, the production of this film took years. Oh my God. They kept going back for more. Yeah, it, I'm not being funny. The people, the actors paid. They're off their head. <laughs> the filming, it took five years to complete the film. I've pulled up some stats. So due to the large number of untrained animals on set, there were a reported 48 injuries within two years of the start of filming. And it's estimated that of the 140 person crew, at least 70 of them were injured during production. Although the son of the director, uh, John Marshall, said he believed that the number of people injured was actually over 100. Uh, and there were people bitten through hands. Uh, Tippy Hedrum, oh. her ankle got fractured because an elef- the elephant fucking picked her up by her trunk and she contracted gangrene. Oh uh, there were <gasps> just nuts. Like Fuck, she could have had to have it removed. Gangrene? Yeah, That's Tippy Hedrum also goodness. bitten in the head by a lion. Her The, the teeth of said lion scraped her skull. It's just nuts. Scratched by a leopard, bitten on the chest by a cougar. I'll tell you what, they must have been being paid some diamond wages over that five years because I just don't understand who in their right mind would have stuck around. So there's a thing. The film took five years to film and it took 11 years to actually, you know, make it and go through post-production and stuff. How much do you think it made at the box office? Oh, It made $2 million on a $17 million budget. I mean, that's just not worth it at all, is it? What a waste. (laughs) What a waste. But yeah. But then is it any wonder? Because I think, I don't know, after I've watched the first person get chomped, (laughs) I'd be like... I've had enough. I'm all right. I'm done. Yeah. (laughs) I... it's going to sound a little bit sick and twisted, but I do recommend checking it out, or at the very least, looking into how it was Mm. made, because it's fascinating. Last orders at the bar. Last orders at the bar. 
Thank you. Thank good you, night. Good night. Ad- hashtag adopt not shop. A dog is for life, not just for lockdown. And if you're thinking of buying hundreds of big cats and shoving them in a wood cabin somewhere in America, pretending it's Africa and, you know, letting your whole family and several cast and crew get mauled by them, don't do it. And give <laughs> owls decent sized letters that they can carry. <laughs> <laughs> None of these jiffy bags, you sick fucks. <laughs> they take only paper envelopes. There we go, those are the morals of this episode. Ah, sweet dreams, little friends. Before we go, I just wanted to use this as an opportunity to give a proper shout out to A New Leash for Life Rescue, the wonderful organisation that united myself and my girlfriend Hannah with our fantastic and beautiful rescue dog, Gia. A New Leash for Life are a small foster-based rescue helping unwanted dogs in Europe to find better lives. They are a voluntary organisation that was started and run by a woman called Marcine Lines. She has been rescuing dogs for over seven years and has successfully saved and rehomed hundreds of them. She volunteers her time, juggling her rescue work around her job, family and her own four rescue dogs. Marcine firmly believes that any dog has a right to a warm, loving home, regardless of where they have come from. So she works closely with a small network of rescuers abroad to identify dogs of all shapes and sizes and ages that they believe can be successfully rehomed here in the UK. This is a wonderful organisation and if you want to learn more and find out how you can support them, you can head over to their website, anewleashforliferescue.co.uk. So yeah, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you guys next week. What you still doing here? Sling your hook. See you later, Davey boy. See you later, Scarlotta. We'd like to give a massive thanks to Rotaries for our soundtrack and to Megan Sickers for our artwork. And an even bigger thanks to all of you choosing to listen to us waffle on. Find us on all social media platforms and make sure to subscribe to us because we're actors. We need validation.